what's going on? It's your boy Mike Maul. This is the Maul It Over Podcast. Today, today, today. So today, man, I wanted to dive into looking at perspective. Like the new generation of kids we got. Um, we often say how they have lack of drive, how they don't want to go get it. Most of them sit on the couch or on their bed playing video games all day. They stay in their rooms. It's become a norm. So I wanted to talk about what could have possibly in all the world led up to that situation. What changed so much in our time and their time that this became acceptable? And I think that most of it we are to blame because we set the precedent for this. Oftentimes, if you think about it, we work so hard to make sure our kids don't have to go through what we went through. Not realizing that what we went through is what made us who we are. The reason your kid don't know how to get off the couch and go outside and play is because a lot of us ain't pushing our kids outside to go play. We didn't have an option when we was a kid. It wasn't like, hey, go upstairs and play your game or go outside, just get out of my face. It was go outside, don't come back in till I call you back in. Don't ask for nothing. If you get thirsty, use the water hose on the side of the house. When I call your name, you better be able to hear me. Don't leave off this block. That kind of deal. And even the curfews was different. Like, we knew not to ask to do nothing past streetlight. And everybody know, everybody that's listened to this podcast that, that was out during this time of life know what streetlight meant. It wasn't no come in the house and ask to stay out a little later. It was get your butt in the house. You know, most of the time, some of us was getting in the tub and getting ready to go to bed right after that. And if you didn't make it in the house, well, your friends wasn't going to see you for a little while and you was getting your butt whooped. But today, these kids ain't asking to go outside. And if you tell them to come in, like you can't even punish your kid no more. Remember back in the day. Punishment was your parents sent you to your room on a nice sunny day. You was pissed. You was mad. You cried for like two hours straight and you got the best sleep you have ever gotten in life. And you woke up, looked out the window, heard the kids playing and just imagined that you was out there because parents didn't back down when I was younger. Like if you was on punishment for that day, you were on punishment for that day. Big mama didn't have nothing to do. So you was going to stay in that room the full day. And now you tell a kid to go to their room, it's like, yes, I get to go to my room. I get to have these black curtains hanging up or black shades. I'm going to have these uh, lights flashing like I'm in a, in, a, in a rage party or a rave, whatever they call. <clears throat> like I'm in a rave. I mean, you got to think, man, all that stuff was corny to us. Being in your room on a sunny day where you could be playing football flirting with girls, you know, riding your bike up and down the street. We had whole, like, bike crews when I was younger. I mean, like, we we all link up on Noble, and, like, it would be, like, 12, 13 of us just riding down the streets trying to be cool, you know what I'm saying? And everybody just was cool. It's just so much different that the times have changed, but the, the kids, they done got 
A lot of people say they done got soft, but it's our fault that they got soft because in our way of trying to make them have such this perfect life where they didn't have to struggle, nobody talks about them, nobody does this to them because they got everything. We went and bent over backwards, broke our backs to make sure they got all the Jordans, all the LeBrons, all the Rock Revival, all the, the, the uh, what's the dude's name, the little fat guy? True Religion, all the live... Whatever, whatever it is, the Gucci, Fendi, Prada, you know they shop at Saks, all that stuff. They walking around in Yeezys now, $300 pair of shoes, Yeezys, Jordan, Retros, I mean, all that. Back in the day, I never even got a pair of Jordans until I was 28, for real. Now, a lot of people in my class had Jordans, don't get me wrong. I mean, I remember one chick in my class, especially when I was at Krauss, man, she had every pair of Jordans. I think her name was Sierra. Anyway, I think I had a crush on her for a little minute. But anyway, look, it was so crazy. Like, I mean, it is so crazy. Like, the kids have no work ethic because we have taken it from them. We have taken all the hard work out of it and made it easy for them. They don't have the drive and the want because they're not in a situation where they have to feel how that feels to be driven to want. Like, a lot of dudes, even your little young trap boys. They out trapping just because they think it's cool because the dudes in the music videos got all the juries and the girls. Half of them don't even need to do that because truth be told, half of them is really spoiled. Back in the day, you didn't trap because you were spoiled. You trapped because you didn't have no other way to get it. You trapped because your family needed food. You trapped because you had to use trapping as a means to an end for your whole cycle. You was trapping to set people up. And I don't mean set them up like in a bad way, like some of y'all do. I'm talking about like set them up to be successful. You was trapping so your kids, <laughs> as funny as this sounds, you was trapping so your kids could be great. Only for your kids to turn around and not be great. They turned around and got lazy because they said my dad did all the work. What I need to work for. They done did all the work. They done put in all the time. What I need to put in the time for. Even with the people that's not trapping, they're legit, legit paper. And I mean, your trap ain't got to be selling dope. Your trap can be working. Like, I remember at one point in time, I was working three jobs thinking I was really doing something. Like, I was working at Sharon Stairs, City of Akron, and Blick Clinic all at the same time. How did I do it? I don't know to this day. But I was thinking, man, I got to grind. You know, I got I got a son on the way. I got to make sure I got this going. I got to make sure I got that going. I don't want nothing to go wrong. Blah, 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 blah. It's just in my head that I got to get it. Only now my son here, and that Negro is lazy. You know, but we trying to break that cycle. No, it's not a generational curse. Because guess what? Your grandmama and your great-great-grandmamas and all them that were slaves, slaves wasn't allowed to be lazy. So we know it's not generational. A lazy slave would have been dead, which means you wouldn't even have been here. So let's just keep it honest. It's not a generational curse. It's generational laziness, as I stated in an earlier podcast. But anyway, choice. this is, yes, it's generational choice, as my wife corrects me. But uh, look, no, the reason our kids have lack of everything, even fighting, well, we already know, everybody has said it. It's not like I'm saying something you haven't said to yourself or amongst your groups, your peer groups, your friends, whatever. They don't even fight no more. They scared to lose. You know why? Because it hasn't been instilled to them that you can fight, lose, and fight again. Or you can fight, lose a fight, 
And since you fought and you know he got heart and you got heart, y'all become best friends now. Now y'all kicking it. Y'all rocking out together. Because you can trust him. He can trust you. He got your back. It like made you brothers almost to fight somebody. Especially a head up fight. You know, y'all get to wrestling. Y'all put each other in the headlock. You know, one poke each other in the eye. Whatever y'all did, bite somebody. But at the end of a fight, even if you had beef with that person, like even when girls would fight, girls was the worst at fighting too. And I don't mean the worst is in the meanest. I mean the worst is in how they did it. They would fight 64 times a week. Like you would be tired of seeing the same two chicks fighting. But they kept fighting. Nobody pulled out no guns. Ain't nobody getting stabbed. Am I saying that never happened? No. I'm just saying that occasions where it did happen was very limited. You would rather fight, take your L or take your loss. And if you needed to, you'd fight them again. If not, y'all became best friends. Most of the people I fought, we done became best friends. Or we just kicked it. You know what I'm saying? I ain't got no problem with them to this day. I don't show nothing but respect to them. And that's where we at. But look, your kids, I shouldn't say your kids, but our kids now today, man, that's why they call it the lost generation. We They lost because what we found, which was our security and our our hustle and our striving to be better and to our ambition to do great things, they lost it. They don't have a desire to be great because a lot of them haven't been instilled to be great. A lot of them just watch TV and think that they can get it. I tell my son all the time, just because your last name is Maul don't entitle you to get anything. Like, I would imagine LeBron probably would tell his son the same thing. Just because your last name is James, they don't have to give you nothing. At the end of the day, he still did all the work. I mean, granted, his son is putting in his own work. But I'm just saying, in general, it's a lot of people. It's like Bill Gates. Bill Gates got his will set up. When he died, he only leave his kids. I say only because in the millionaire world, this ain't nothing. He leave his kids $4 million. Now... To us, that's like, oh, man, he's leaving him a ton. He's leaving him $4 million, and he's saying all the other money, he's sending it to charity. Now, why is that such a big deal? Because Bill Gates, one, he's a billionaire. So $4 million a piece is nothing. But he's leaving him a company. He said if they can't keep the company floating and, and thriving, then they don't deserve it. Man, you ain't going to work for it. I'm not just going to give it to you. Because if I give it to you, you will never know how to go get it. A wise parable is... You can take a man to fish, and you can fish for him, and he'll eat for the day. If you teach him to fish, he'll eat for the rest of his life. That's what we got to do with our kids. We are not teaching our kids to fish. We have fished for them. So now we can't be mad because they don't know how to fish. Can't be mad because they have no ambition. We can't be mad because they expect you to get them every pair of Jordans that come out, every pair of phones, every pair of Yeezys. You can't get mad at what you set in motion. This is, huh, someone once said, these are the results of your poor decision making. This is the result of your stupidity. These are the results of your poor judgment calls. Am I guilty of it? Absolutely. Have I done stupid things thinking that my son would benefit greatly from it? Yes. If you listen to this and you have kids, you have too. Because it was taught to us, we got to do better. I used to have Pro Wing 2000s. What y'all know about them? I had some Rawlings. You know what I'm saying? 
I had pro kids at the time, which those was all right. But my first pair of name brand shoes, I was in the sixth grade, and they were called, uh, no, I'm sorry, I was in the fifth grade, and they were called L.A. Gear. I wanted the L.A. Lights, but I wasn't allowed to get the L.A. Lights. When I asked for L.A. Lights, she brought me these uh, these Pro Wing light-ups. And at first, my dumb self didn't know the difference. I didn't even know the difference. I didn't even care until I got to school, and they said, what's that? got on some plastos. Look at them. The lights don't even match. It was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. But that was, to me, I was like, oh man, I got some Adidas in the sixth grade. I'm talking about when I say I got, I mean, they actually were mine. They didn't come from hand-me-downs. They didn't come from other people. They came from me. I mean, they came for me, by me. You know what I'm saying? And it was some Adidas. Jerry, no, I said Jerry Stocker. That was the second one. These Adidas, and they was like spiky at the bottom. They had three stripes, and I was wearing a size 12. Yeah, I had big feet. Got big feet. Anyway, man, you couldn't tell me nothing. I walked to school like I had a million dollars on my feet. I walked tough like, yeah, say something about these shoes. Say, I, dare, I dare you to say something about these shoes. And I walked around proud. Now, not knowing, all well, my friends never knew this, but a lot of the shoes I wore when I was younger, I didn't get them. I mean, it was... They came from like crown shoes and stuff like that. Not to say they weren't named brand, but you know, crown shoes was lower lower tier shoes or whatever. And I would go there and get the shoes and blah, blah, blah. They'd be outdated and everything, but I got them. I ain't going to say that. So I can't really say that I never had named brands. But these were the first pair that was like, came out at that time and it was great. My sister bought me a pair of Nike. She bought me two pair. They was like uh, running shoes. I'll never forget that. I, I was wearing a 12 and these was a nine and a half. Ask me, did I wear them shoes? Show did. Shoes every day after school, I ran home. They like, oh, you want to get home? I told everybody I wanted to go see uh, Darkwing Duck. Truth of the matter is, I wanted to take these shoes off because my feet were killing me. They was hurting so bad in gym class one day. I about started crying. They asked me what was the matter. I told them I had stomach cramps. I'm trying to tell you, true story, true story. It was so bad, man. I can just remember times when my sister worked at Taco Bell, and. uh she used to always, she strived to do better. My sister, she's she's a great woman now, but she's always striving to do better. And she would always buy us clothes that we just couldn't afford. She could afford them because she had that job. I couldn't afford them because nobody was going to buy them for me. So she had like Tommy Hill figures and, and all that. So yeah, I'm about to tell a whole personal story. Okay, so listen. So my sister had this Tommy Hill figure shirt. that had orange, brown, and white squares on it. It said, Tommy, it was fresh. I thought that this was the best shirt ever. Now, my homeboys got a story about this shirt, too, about us riding bikes and stuff. I ain't going to go into right now. But this shirt at the time was the best shirt ever, okay? And I ain't had no pants to match it. So I went to see what size uh, her pants was. And she had these Taco Bell pants, <laughs> the little blue khakis. So I would wait for her to go to school. She went to Ellen. When she went to school, I sneak in her room, get her Taco Bell pants, put on put on this Tommy Hilfiger shirt, and walk to school. I was going to Perkins, like they like, oh man, you got all the Tommy gear. But that was like my number one shirt. I wore it at least once a week. And the other little Tommy stuff I could slide and slide off. But why this was my favorite shirt is because I actually ended up just stealing it. And she never noticed it. Well, I thought she never noticed it. She really knew the whole time. I, I thought she didn't know it. But anyway. 
So I'm rocking the shirt. Oh, I'm fresh. Oh, man. Then one day a tragic accident happened and the shirt got ripped. Long story short, it was just bad. And uh, that's when the crap hit the fan. Because she said, well, I know you've been taking my clothes. So where's that shirt? Because I ain't care you wearing my clothes. I don't care about that. But don't tear my stuff up. She didn't say stuff, though. She said the S word. And I said, uh, what shirt you talking about? I don't wear your stuff. You, you can't just be... Blaming stuff on me. You ain't even been here. How you know? So she goes off on me and tells me how she know I wore her shirt because it smelled like me and it had that old spice that I had. Oh, yeah. So wait. Time out. So what I used to do to smell good, <laughs> I used to take the deodorant that they would give you in the little care packages, the little old spice, because I couldn't wear the clear stuff because it, it broke me out. So what I would do is I would take it, rub it on my hands, and then rub it on my clothes real quick. So that when I went to school, they'd be like, whoa, you smell good. And I smell good all day because of Old Spice deodorant rubbed on my shirt. Yeah, don't worry. You can still try. You can steal it later. But look, I thought I was, man, listen, you couldn't tell me nothing. I was getting compliments all the time. Oh, you smell so good. You always smell good. Why, thank you, ladies. You know, yeah, it's nothing. You know, I got the new Tommy, the new Nautica, the new Polo. Really? It was Old Spice. Uh, it was Jupe Cologne sometimes. Uh, 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 what was it? Curve. I remember I had some Curve. And I had some... Oh, man. So, Rini worked at uh, Avon. So, she would always give me black suede. Yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, 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 it was another blue one that they had. Now, you couldn't pay me to wear those. Like, 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 like you couldn't... Well, oh, Paul Sebastian, that's what it's called. Boy, I got some Paul Sebastian. You couldn't tell me nothing. I mean, I walked. I didn't realize I smelled like a mortuary. So I didn't. I'm just walking around like, yeah, I smell good. Y'all smell me. Teachers, the old guys like, oh, man, that's a, you got some nice cologne there, sir. Not realizing I smelled like a mortuary. Like nobody told me that this cologne really stunk. I thought this was the best thing. And then there was one cologne that I couldn't do without in my life. And it was the best cologne I ever would have thought I ever could have gotten in my life. And that was Brut. Now, some people call it Brut. I mean, Brute. I call it Brut because it was brutally butt. It was Brut. And kids today, they don't know about the struggle in which I just laid on y'all. I ain't my son has the same cologne I have. And I can tell you right now, I am a cologne connoisseur. The cheapest bottle of cologne I got might cost $80. I don't buy cheap cologne because of that struggle. My son doesn't know that the cologne he has is worth so much because what does he do? And it's not hand-me-down cologne. When I get the little extra bottles, I give them to him. So, and guess what? He don't even wear the stuff, which goes to my point that we giving them so much, they missing the point. They missing the value of what you're giving them. As Mr. Taylor once told me, they too busy broadcasting when they should be tuning in. They too busy saying everything that they want to do, got to do, blah, blah, blah. But they're not tuning in to learn how to do it. You can't build a house without the foundation. And some of us have built our children's lives and their house lives on terrible foundations. We have not imparted in them how to grind and grit and get to it. That is why some of our children 
are facing some of the things that they are facing and that they're going to face. Because here's the reality of it all. At some point, you will die. And when you die, you better hope you instilled enough independence, confidence, spirituality, and everything else in your child to be able to, to, be able to function without you. Because if not, you have created a generation that will continue to fail. You are the shepherd of your child. And where they go, believe it or not, has a great deal on where you steer them. I'm not saying I'm perfect. And I'm talking to me. Y'all know when I'm talking to y'all, I'm talking to me. I'm just saying it out loud so that we all can share thoughts on it. This is how I really process this is how I really go through what I'm going through. When I'm angry and I get on here, I'm not talking to you. I'm not mad at you. It's me talking to me, but you can hear this conversation too. Listen, we got to do better. I told my wife, the number one thing that's the matter with our children and a lot of children are they are entitled. They feel entitled to everything, even though they've worked for nothing. They feel entitled to things they shouldn't even think that they should be entitled to. My little two-year-old... When I get on my phone, she think it's hers. She get to telling me. Who you talking to? Why you on the phone? Get off my phone. Give me the phone. I want to see. We got to stop this stuff. Back in the day, if I had asked my people, hey, who you on the phone with? I would not have teeth. I would sound just like this. Today on Mike Malmans, on Mike Mal podcast, that would be me. No teeth. Because she was, matter of fact, I can give you another quick story before I end my show. I remember Miss Kennedy was on the phone. No, the phone rang. We wasn't allowed to answer the phone. That was the first and foremost. It was a little rotary dial phone. Y'all know what I'm talking about, the ones you put your finger in and turn. Yes. We wasn't allowed to answer the phone. It didn't matter who was calling. She said she didn't care if Jesus was on the line. Don't you answer that phone. What did I do? Thought I was big, bad Billy. I went over and answered the phone. Lady picked up the phone. Miss Claudine, whatever her name was. She, I say, hey, uh, Miss Kennedy. Miss Claudine's on the phone. She said, how you know? I said, the phone rung. I answered it. She walked to me. She said, thank you. When she got to the phone, she smacked me clear across the room. She said, don't you ever touch my phone again. And at first, I looked at it as, this lady smacked the piss out of me. My lip was bleeding. I was so disgusted. I was waiting for an apology. Let me tell you one thing that old Southern parents ain't never did for any injury they may have caused you. They ain't never apologized. And they never will. I apologized to my son one time because I accidentally popped him in the mouth at the grocery store and his lip bleeded. <clears throat> I mean, started bleeding. Old lady next to me said, you better not ever do that again. I said, what? She said, you don't apologize to no kid. I said, I busted his lip. She said, I don't care. Did he deserve the hit? I said, yes. She said, well, then he deserved whatever came with it. I said, okay. That was that. Now, that was an old lady giving me game. I could have been new age and said, I don't hear what you got to say. That don't work for me. My family's going to be different. I ain't on that. No. She gave me game. Tune in and listen up. You ain't apologizing. You deserved it. And guess what? If you think that me apologizing and doing all that is going to help my kid, you wrong. A man just got shot down around the corner. Or not too, not too far from here, should I say. He got shot down. 90 shots was fired. They say in between 50 and 60 hit them. You think those cops apologized after they got after they did all that shooting? I think not. They're not apologizing to us. 
The world ain't going to apologize when it smack you in the face. It's going to tell you to deal with it because whatever you did to put yourself in that situation, you got to be ready for what came with it. If it was a busted lip, you shouldn't have did what you did when you got it. That's flat out. That is life. That's the truth. That's why I think, you know, God gives us choice in a lot of things. Because he gives you the choice and he says, now, I gave you that choice. But you have to deal with the consequence of whatever came with it of the choice you made. Some of those consequences might be bad. But I will tell you before you even do it. Now, why do you say that? Because God said he was in the comforter and all that stuff in the Bible. But not only that, whenever something bad is about to happen. Now, think about this. Think back on your whole life. And I ain't talking bad like you got in trouble because, you know, you stole a piece of candy out the candy jar. I'm talking bad like where somebody died or somebody was seriously injured or hurt. Every time that has ever happened, you got that Holy Ghost or what we call our conscience speaking up to us saying, hey, man, don't go there. Don't do it. Don't go there. Don't do it. You don't really need that. Just put it down. Don't take that last puff. Just walk away. Don't say that. Don't punch him. Just let it go. It's not that big a deal. All those things is things your Holy Ghost tells you. You know, for believers, the Holy Ghost. For non-believers, it's the conscience. But if you really know, then you know it's the difference between your conscience and the, and the Holy Ghost. But we'll get into that a whole other day. At the end of the day, you get the voice to say, leave it. God says for every temptation, he gives you an out. So every time it's time for you about to do something crazy, even if you about to sleep with that girl that you knew you shouldn't be sleeping with, God will give you an out. That phone will ring mysteriously, and you'll be like, man, what? Joe Blow calling me at this time hour for that's crazy. And he'll call you, hey, I ain't even want nothing, bro. Something just told me to call you. Oh, all right. And you hang up and think that was just coincidence. No, brother. That's God telling you to get up out of there. Now, look, you done got that late text. You know that I think I'm late text. And now you in trouble because you refuse to listen when he gave you an out. Listen, y'all. I'm just saying we got to do better. We got to stop giving our kids everything because if they don't have to work for it, they will never appreciate it. A lot of us want to give our kids a world because we felt like we didn't have. But us not having is what made us who we are. It gave us our grind and our hustle and our grit. It showed us that there is an outlook that's bigger than the four walls or wherever you came up from. Some of us came from the hood, the slums, the projects, the ghettos, the bottom, the rocks. And now some of us are thriving. Some of us are living above our beliefs. Some of the things we're doing now is stuff we couldn't even fathom. But I say this. Take your kids and show them how to live a blessed life. Don't just give them a blessed life and they can't manage it when you're not around to help them. Because what good does it do for them to have everything in the world but understanding? The Bible says in all things getting, get understanding. If you ain't got understanding of how it works, then it's probably not going to work. That's just some food for thought, something to think on. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, reach out to me at mullinoverpodcast at gmail.com. Y'all know what it is. Till next time, that's my time. Peace.